Hey, welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we cover each and every Prince album and related project every other week. I am Josh. And I am Christy. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are talking about the first time album, their eponymous album released July 29th, 1981, Certified Gold, the following February. Well, you got all kinds of good information yeah, about this right yeah. off the top. That's right. Nice. Um, basically, this is Prince and Morris Day with a few other people in his home studio. Yeah. Having fooling fun. Around. <laughs> <laughs> fooling around. I don't know about it. It's Prince and Morris Day fooling around. I mean, I'm sure they did a lot of fooling around, probably not with just one another. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I did not realize that Jerome Benton is Terry Lewis's cousin. Oh, I didn't either. I had no idea that he joined, Jerome joined the lineup as the valet mm-hmm. shortly after the release of the first album and the first few shows, but that he and Terry Lewis are related. Very cool. Did not know that. Had no idea. Yep. The credits listed as recorded at Time Studios. Right. Erroneous. This, well, not it. I mean, just part of the fun. Right. Yeah, sure. No, it wasn't an error. It was done on purpose. Right. So, yeah. Purposefully Incorrect. misleading. Part of the, you know, it's like Prince in Minecraft. He was building his own world. <laughs> I can't imagine Prince playing Minecraft at all, ever. I think I bet he would say the same thing as me. <laughs> I'm glad this interests you. I'll see you later. <laughs> So, yeah, recorded in this imaginary place and no songwriting credits were given, but essentially the whole album was basically written, recorded, produced by Prince. Little input from Morris Day, a little input from Dez, Lisa, Dr. Fink, Sue Ann, Carwell. Carwell, I was going to say Caldwell, and I was like, that's not right. Sue Ann is just a background vocalist on some songs, but basically between those five and mostly just the first two. Yeah. You get an album. Exactly. And uh, Jelly Bean Johnson, Terry Lewis, Jesse Johnson, Jimmy Jam, Monty Moore, all credited as Albumism, a a website, album, A-L-B-U-M-ism, I-S-M. They they do lots of really fun articles about a variety of bands, and they like Prince and like to talk about him, and they had a retrospective on the 40th anniversary of this album, and... (laughs) And they put it this way. Nothing gaslights like the credits on an early 80s Prince Protégé project. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> right. There's just, uh, here's the sound of what happened. And here's a made up story about who did it and where it took place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and ironically, no times listed. <laughs> I also found it interesting. This is the first album, right, that Prince contributed to then played a huge role on that was not his own mm-hmm. it's we're considering as part of the controversy era here right controversy was a little over 37 minutes in length uh-huh and then you look at this album all oh, the time it's six songs um it's more than five minutes longer than controversy right. even with just six songs which was kind of the format of the first couple mm-hmm. time albums were just extended jams a limited number of tracks right but you know, six songs do make an album, mm-hmm. even though Prince had maxi singles that were nearly double that. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, Fair. I guess this gives him the right to say, 
to gaslight on the credits. If, if a guess. 12 tracks can be a single and six tracks can be an album. There you go. Anything's Any, possible. <laughs> anything. It's all semantics. So six tracks and well, like four, six of them were released as a single or a <laughs> B side. Basically this is like a compilation of singles in retrospect. Yeah. It's interesting because that was a thing that happened in the later 80s and the early 90s where you would have singles that got released and they would be, you know, three to five singles from an album and the B-side was another album track. Yeah. So if you bought all the singles, you got the sort of eight or ten, yeah. eight or ten song album. Yeah. Or in this case, some of the singles from the next time album or the next next time album had b-sides that were from this one yeah so they were almost like all promoting themselves which is all cool there are some non-album time tracks that have been released but you would think there would be even more but i guess it was just part of a we might as well use these things we've got them Mm mm-hmm these dudes could play and play well, even if they didn't play on the album. Many oh, you of, mean the members of the time. That's right. Yeah. M- many of them, most of them came from the local Minneapolis band Flight Time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, though, I mean, they, they were like a phenomenal live band, but it was really just Prince's kind of side project, right, to do these first couple albums, and the band members got involved right. later on, especially right. on Pandemonium, which we covered couple yeah. moons ago yeah uh, but if you listen to this album and you listen to pandemonium they don't doesn't even sound like the same no. band no other than morris is becoming a c- caricature of himself right right but this whole thing the whole time concept basically was born or promised out of prince using morris's song party up right on dirty mind right and in return offered morris Money, I've, how much? Like fifteen thousand yeah. dollars or something, or to get him a band and a contract, and he chose the wisely band. chose the band, right? Yeah, which is, I mean, basically set him up for life, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly kickstarted his music career in a way that you know ten or fifteen thousand dollars couldn't have done. Correct, definitely true. Right, not even in nineteen eighty. <laughs> it was while rehearsing the song Cool, mm-hmm. that Jerome Benton thought to bring out a full-sized mirror from the bathroom, <laughs> and that tickled Prince and uh, cemented Jerome's place in the band. He wasn't just a roadie. He was a band member. Right. Yeah. Yeah, even though, I mean, I guess he helped with percussion and that kind of stuff at right. points, but he was dancer. <laughs> right. I mean, valet was really, I mean, he was an important part of the time and Morris Day shtick. There wouldn't be... A Morris Day, and I mean, there wouldn't be a Purple Rain without Jerome Benton. That's super fair. I mean, somebody's got to bring Morris his comb and his mirror. That's right. I mean, because he's not going to carry it himself because ain't nobody bad like him. (laughs) (laughs) I think looking back, we're creating this album, sitting down with Morris Day in your home studio and being able to put together an album like this that started that persona and was like the foundation of Morris is this player. He's cutely coy. Uh-huh. He's a little, he became more predatory later on. I think yeah, he's, here it's like, 
here endearing. He's, it's like, yeah, oh, he's yeah. Adorably he's adorably womanizing like, oh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like self-deprecating when he says, mm-hmm. ain't nobody bad but me. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's endearing. Yeah. And later on, it's more, I don't know, he's on the prowl <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah, but he seems less uh, prone to taking advantage of somebody and more True. like, I'm just going to use my influence to have a nice time. Yep. A nice time. I get it. Uh-huh. Very nice. Yeah. It says in the credits, all jams published by Tiona Music. Oh, yes. You told and me about this because you, you walked off with the CD and I never even really looked at it. <laughs> well, we'll look at it together yeah. here in a minute. We do have the physical CD, mm-hmm. which, of course, was not how it was originally issued. Uh-huh. But... Here we sit with it. Yeah, and uh, telling the story how you ended up buying it because oh, I, I kind of talked you into it. Yeah, I don't even know if I had graduated college yet or if we were both still in college. We might have both still been in college. I think so because we were in Best Buy and they had just reissued or made available the first three time albums on CD and I had never had them. I had them on cassette or my copies or something like that. And uh, they had all three, and I was like, oh, wow, look at this. They've got all three of them. But I don't know if I have the $45 laying around to (laughs) buy all these things. I already have them. And you were with me, and you were the instigator. (laughs) Like, no, you should buy these. When are you ever going to have another chance? And I thought to myself, yeah, it's not like the Internet's going to come along, (laughs) and we're going to be able to stream these whenever we want. So I bought all three because of you. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. I talked you into spending money that may have been ill-advised, but here it is many years later, and you still have them on CD, and they still work just fine, and, you know, if we ever lose the internet, you can still listen to them. That's true. As long as we have power. (laughs) Very true. So, yes, that's how the time, what time is it, and Ice Cream Castles on CD came into my belonging in the mid to late 1990s. That's right. All you had to have was a cute little blonde girl to tell you to yeah. spend money. That's right. <laughs> okay. I wonder what $45 invested in a mediocre yielding savings account would be worth today. I Some mean, I 25 could, years later. I could probably find that out, but that's okay. You know, it's more fun to mu- wonder. <laughs> I mean, the music is priceless, <laughs> priceless. Even though what I listened to, to prepare for this here podcast was the in 2021, a exp- quote unquote expanded and remastered edition of this album was issued with no unreleased material. That's basically, right. a remastered version of the six songs and then a collection of the edits and singles uh, that accompanied it. So nice to have all in one place, but not like we got the time super deluxe edition mm-hmm. or anything like that. And from what I read online, it seemed like the time was not even consulted, that it just kind of was done. Yeah. Which I don't know how that could be. How can Prince tell Morris Day he can't use the name The Time, but then they can, someone out there can remaster and reissue the first album without Prince or the estate involvement? I have no idea. I don't either. These are things that are far above my pay grade, which is easy on this podcast. <laughs> Well, as I said, all jams published by Tiona Music. Yes. Sorry, yeah. that took a detour there, yeah, Tiona. Yes. So 
it started with this album and it's mostly Prince related stuff. If you go and look at like the credits on. Oh, for Tiona. For for Tiona music. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a publishing arm, basically Prince acting as a publisher. As far Mm -hmm. as I can tell, it's also produced albums for TLC, Tupac, uh, movie soundtracks, uh, the DMSR blog had a podcast episode with uh, Darling Nisi, mm-hmm. and she understood it to be Prince doing publishing business. Okay. And Harold Prine, who was also on that episode, pointed out that Tiona is Morris Day's oldest daughter. But it's really strange because he didn't get married until 1986 and as Morris far as did, Morris yeah. did. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, all of his children were from that marriage. Okay. And I don't know why in 1986 he would name a child Tiona when he had a sort of a strained relationship with Prince. Yeah, well certainly the time was no longer around. He was pursuing his solo career and yeah. the color of success. And right. Whatever that Jack A <laughs> sitcom was that he was in where they owned a hair salon or something. Oh, I so, completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a thing. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Or could it be a coincidence? I'm sure Morris knew about Tiona. Surely I he mean, must have the... read the credits on his own first album I mean, a time or two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he at least like saw it after it was released. Yeah, that's right. It might not have been run by him, but I mean, I would think that after he went out and bought the album himself, because he probably didn't get a copy of it either, <laughs> he might have opened the booklet and, you know, gave it a gander. Well, and Tiona Music was involved with all of the Time albums, mm-hmm. all of their singles, Apollonia and all of that. Interesting. Yeah. So it's very interesting. So I don't quite know what came first, the chicken or the egg, because I could see it being named after Morris Day's daughter. Yeah, but it's too early. It was but five years prior I, to as, that, right? I mean, as far as I know, unless that she was from another relationship prior to that, but I can't find hardly any information. She must be very, very private. Or maybe she can't listen to these albums because she doesn't have the internet somewhere. <laughs> Just like we would be. Sure. Tiona, if you need, you know, some help (laughs) streaming the expanded and remastered edition of the Times first album, we could help you. Oh, geez. (laughs) Let's talk about the cover. Where would someone like Tiona get in touch with us, Christy? Oh, (laughs) well, Tiona, (laughs) You or anyone else can find us on Twitter at TMATS Podcast, T-M-A-T-S Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince Podcast, or you can send us an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. And please know that we don't think you're incapable of no, navigating I mean, the no, internet. I, don't, I didn't mean that. I mean, like, <laughs> without it, if she was, you know, off the grid, yet interested. Uh-huh. How would she even be listening to this or... Amazing things Facebook. happen, Christy. I don't know how to explain them. <laughs> okay. It's, it's my job to sit here and recap albums with you. So the cover is a... <laughs> Up here, Josh. <laughs> is a uh, black and white photo. It's quite cool, of, actually. It is very yeah. cool with little pops of red. The time it's is in red, and they're all standing on 
a set of stairs looking tough. That's right. They're not smiling. They're looking tough. Tough, but I mean, like unassuming, like uh-huh. they don't look full of themselves. This is a first album, but I thought nice, nice photo. Uh-huh. The red, all caps, the time yeah. kind of became the logo for the band, which right. I think is super cool. Exactly. And did you notice what the little sign says? No loitering, right? Yeah, please, please, please no, no loitering, loitering yeah, which I'm like. They all are. There they all are, loitering. I don't know. If you're standing and not, you know, frolicking with one another, is that loitering? Does <laughs> loitering include standing and making no sound whatsoever? I think loitering is literally standing around. It's but, like... Okay. They're literally doing what the sign's telling so them not to. So it should be like, don't be present. I thought I always think of loitering as like, don't hang out here and you know play your cards or show your Stacy Adams or you know play with your yo-yo or whatever they yeah. were doing then. It's like don't hang out here without a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, you flip the little booklet over and you mm-hmm. assume they must have gotten in trouble for this because now <laughs> they're all with their hands on the wall, spread eagle. The story continues. Uh huh. But they've got their names underneath each of them, so you have to identify them by their clothing and their behinds. Correct. (laughs) This is one of the uh, outfits that Morris is wearing here that I see online a lot, trolling Bruno Mars. Kids these days will never know where it all began Mm -hmm. with the leopard print coat and the Stacey Adams shoes that Bruno has done. Uh Uh-huh, yes. He is totally ripped off the time or he's aware he's of, a, he's playing homage. Right. Um, we get a listing of the album tracks and their lengths. Yes. And large enough type that even I can read it. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put it in quotes, credits. Yeah. Yeah. Prince gets his credit through produced by Morris Day and Jamie Starr with two R's. Right. And I believe that this is the first time Prince used the moniker Jamie Starr. Yeah. So, you know, notable. And then we get notes, which is kind of a little history of the band. Cool. Yeah. How accurate is that history? Unclear. It is the created history of the Prince utopian world of funk. That's right. And then the back is just the track listing with times and the time in very large red letters. Real big. Yeah. And the, you know, boring standard issue (laughs) disc. There's no picture, no nothing. This was a very no frills re-release. Well, the one, yes, you're right. Yeah. Or first issue maybe on CD. First issue on CD. Yeah. That is right. So we get 43 minutes of fun spread across six tracks. Starting with a little bit of unsurprising innuendo. Get it up. <laughs> yes, the first single. Right. It also appeared on the 12 inch single for Ice Cream Castle in yeah. 1984 in the UK. Yeah, yeah. It reached this first single reached number six on the Billboard R&B charts. Pretty Not cool too for, shabby. Yeah. For And really, most people didn't realize that the time was Prince no. back then. No, no, like, no. it was a band. Right. And most people didn't know that there was such a strong connection yes. with Prince. So, it wasn't like 
the time was helped along by a famous name or an up-and-coming name. Correct. Especially then when you couldn't, like, pull out a phone and look anything up in the world in four seconds. Right. Exactly. Uh, Sue Ann Carwell is Mm -hmm. on this track. Has various girlfriends. Um, She was an early associate of Prince. Mm -hmm. Um, She released some albums, but really didn't get much play outside of Minneapolis. Okay. Um, We hear her most clearly at the repeated O's at about the seven minute mark. (laughs) Yeah. I had no idea, and credit to Prince Vault for this, that Prince offered the song to the band Brick, and they turned it down. That's right. Uh, From Atlanta, a 70s funk jazz band. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Their most popular single, according to Prince Vault, was Daz, Mm -hmm. that reached number three on the U.S. pop chart, number one on the U.S. R&B chart, and that was from 76. Yes. So five years earlier. So the... Recording of this in February of 1981 with Morris Day was a second recording, at least, mm-hmm. uh, because Prince had it in the can and had offered it to someone else first. Yes. But here it gets to be the lead track from this crazy, where is the time studio? Who is Jamie Starr? <laughs> um, it's been sampled a bunch of times. Oh, really? Yes. Notably by Tevin Campbell. Okay. And Gotta Get Your Groove On from the movie soundtrack, A Low Down Dirty Shame from 1995. Okay. It was in MC Hammer's Oak Town in 1994, also on Tiona Music. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it was covered by TLC for Poetic Justice in mm. 1993. It was on the album? It was on the Poetic Justice oh, soundtrack. soundtrack. Gotcha. Uh-huh. In 1993. Have never heard any of those things. Mm-hmm. So, well, check out our social media. Well, let's there. wrap this up so I can get to listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one hits you fast and furious, furious right out of the gate with what I assume is a Dr. Fink synth solo that, mm-hmm. I mean, the solo and the drum start at the same time. Yes. At the zero second mark through the first 15 seconds. this kind of a every time i listen to this it starts off and i kind of get this it kind of sounds dated sound to me well, yeah well, which it is you know i mean it's 41 years old um but it's the most dated part of the album okay sounding part That's of the fair. album to me so i guess at least we get it out of the way right off the top mm-hmm. what prince and morris feel sounds so nasty is much different in 1981 <laughs> than we would get later. Get ready for a real good time. I'm going to try to blow your mind. Can't you see you and me? It sounds so nasty. Does it sound nasty? All right. If you boys say so. (laughs) (laughs) It has a very like 
slow groove, uh, slow delivery of lyrics, kind of uh-huh. monotone, mm-hmm, uh-huh. you know, easy to hum to. Sure. Not a complicated vocal performance, oh, yeah, no. Or melody or anything. Yeah. Um, just, it's, it's grooving through the entire first verse. I think you can hear Morris Prince and Sue Ann Carwell, although I do think Prince's falsetto is often indistinguishable from a woman sing, singing That's throughout fair. this whole album. Yes. yes. The first moment I feel like I can hear Prince in the background noticeably is uh, on the uh, line, leave your cares behind at a minute and 28 seconds. So he kind of gets a little more to the fore, I would say, as the song progresses. Sure. Yes. He's buried at the beginning, Prince's, and then... You hear him more and more as the song goes on nine minutes and five seconds. There's <laughs> plenty of time for him to make an appearance. Yeah, I mean, this is like verse. Chorus. Synth solo. Uh-huh. Sense solo. <laughs> Ad libbing. You know, it's, I mean, it sounds, you know, good and well rehearsed, but like I said, just kind of a no frills production uh-huh other than having uh, whatever you call the little wah-wah dial on your synthesizer <laughs> well, uh, minute and 58 seconds we get the what will become a signature line oh, what yeah. time is it yep i had that in my notes too the mm-hmm. very first instance of what time is it um, so, like, a lot of these things were kind of figured out. Uh-huh. Or did Morris just ad-lib it? And Prince liked it? Yeah, or... so it became the thing, especially yeah. with the, the live show. Some great synthesizers and bass going on from 2 minutes to 2 minutes and 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. And what I always forget about which makes sense that I think it's underrated and unnoticed and somewhat long guitar solo from like 250 through 440 with yes. Prince noticeably singing in the background the get it up chant uh-huh it's long but great right before that there's some yeah, yeah, O's mm-hmm. and vocalizations, and I think Prince is pretty clearly heard right before that. And there's this guitar. 
guitar solo. Yeah. That's undoubtedly Prince. I can see here like why this is like side project. Let me explore some other things because he did not have room on his own albums for a two minute guitar solo on a nine minute long song. Right. You know, not at least not up to this point. He didn't. Mm-hmm. There's a refrain of verse one to a degree at about four minutes and 49 seconds. We get the sound so nasty. So it was not a mistake because they sing it twice. Right. <laughs> Can't you see And I think the best lyrics are just after that. They're kind of buried in the deep in the song in the middle of the third verse. Let your body drip. Mm. Let me take you on a trip. Which reminds me a little bit of Jill Jones. Yep. Can't you see? You're killing me. You're so freaky. You're so freaky. And then another synth solo. Uh Five minutes and 24 seconds. I don't know. I assume it's all Dr. Fink. It sounds Dr. Finkish, but I know that Prince could play that too. So I'm not sure who that is playing. Uh, Prince Vault had him listed as... Keyboards, right? Yeah. As synth solos here. Yep. Then we get a... Reminiscent of Let's Work. Okay. Get it up, get it up. I'll work you all night. That's right. Yes, and I think the word work, if you Uh listen closely, it sounds like maybe some of the vocal layers are saying work and some of them are saying... F asterisk Mm. CK Mm -hmm. because you can totally hear it that way. Uh huh. Especially the first couple times they get through it. But it's definitely Prince doing those chants. Yes. At seven minutes and 55 seconds. Right. And if you're un, we're unclear when you're listening to let's work, what let's work was a euphemism for. Yeah. Just come and listen to get it up. That's true. Prince will make sure you really understand. (laughs) The story is continued here. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I think the dirtiest, nastiest bit is in the outro, and it's kind of buried Uh, right there. You want it harder. You know I love it nasty. Yeah, that's Morris talking Uh through the unfortunate fade out. Yeah. I don't know. Give me, you got nine, nine minutes, minutes of music you, and you, you can't, can't give me a proper, proper end of a song, but okay, yeah, we'll let it pass. But a great like introduction to, it's easy to like listen to this now and just kind of uh-huh. listen and enjoy. Then you realize, well, this is the first song on the first album that Prince and Morris Day and others like put together to be the time. Also was the first single. There are edits mm-hmm. on the remastered and expanded quote unquote yeah. issue reissue from 2021. It's, I did go back and listen to those because I was curious, like, well, what did they do? How did they splice this together? And anyway, it's not all that magical. Yeah. Then we have the second song, Girl, five minutes and 34 seconds. The first time Prince has reused a title, though this is the first incidence of it. That's right. So... There was an unrelated Prince and the Revolution song released in 1985 
girl. Correct. Which was originally boy. Uh-huh. And then it was meant for Apollonia or Vanity, and then Prince took it back and changed the mm-hmm. orientation of the song and turned it into girl. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is all Morris Day and Prince, nobody else. Mm-hmm. It was the third and final single. I mm-hmm. couldn't find the actual release date. It was sometime late in 1981. Oh, of the single? Yep, of the girl? single, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Um, it was covered in 1992 by a group called Full Force. Wow. Sounds like a group like Five Star or <laughs> one of those. You don't remember Five Star? No. Oh, thank God for Columbia Music House. Or <laughs> half of these albums would have never made it in anybody's hands. Did not know it had been covered. That's some great thinking there to go looking for. Who else has sang this? Because <laughs> Morris Day sings it. That's right. I found it a little surprising, even though I've listened to this album, I don't know how many times, that song number two on the time first album <laughs> <laughs> is a ballad and a long ballad. Because uh-huh. you don't think of ballads when you think of the time, right? You think of Jungle Love and The Bird and right. Cool and seven 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 ninety three eleven. But a lot of the 42 minutes of music on here are slow jams. Yes. Boy, he... He lost the girl and regrets his poor behavior. And Oh, yeah. I mean, I think even more surprising that, you know, not just that Morris can sing, but just because of what we've heard from him in the last 10 years. And he's announced his last album and retirement, but it's been a lot of maybe not so great collaborations uh, with sure. other artists. And it's not singing. It's like he does a lot of talking. Sure. It's like talking delivery. Sure. Which is like what my high school theater director told me to do instead of singing. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And it wasn't because it was just so good he couldn't take it anymore. (laughs) It was because it was so awful that he didn't want anybody to hear it. Just people love to hear you talk. Just do it that way. (laughs) All right. Uh, So she broke up with him and... Mm -hmm. Um, we all know that uh, when somebody says they need a little time uh, to get one's head together, yeah. the first thing you want the person you dump to do is call you in the middle of the night and whine how they can't sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> what about I need time to myself? Did you not understand, Morris? <laughs> it's 2.30 in the morning. You can't sleep. I'm real sorry, but yeah. I was sleeping just fine. Turn on the TV. There are at least four channels that you can watch. <laughs> What more do you want? <laughs> There's got to be a Godzilla movie on somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we heard that we were playing Trivial Pursuit last night, and the word crooner came up. Of That's course right. it did, in a Trivial Pursuit question. And I thought, this is Morris crooning his ass off sure. in this yeah. song. really is. Yeah. I also kind of thought of, was it a line from The Office when Michael is reading a script and he gets to a part and he reads long pause. Uh, <laughs> no, there's Joey. Was that Joey and friends? I think it was long Joey pause. And long yeah. Pause. But I thought of that at a minute and 31 seconds when he sings, I'm still in love with you. And then uh-huh. there's a long pause. And then I thought those baby. Were, vocals were really good. Me too. No, like, I'm, wow. I'm not. I'm, I'm giving like 100% credit to a really good vocal delivery. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. I 
I think he's really confused as to what happened because he says, girl, why'd you go away? And then two lines later, he says, girl, I was a fool. Yep. I'm like, so do you not know what happened or are you sorry for the way you behaved? That is true. Yeah. Normally, if I think of Morris calling somebody confused, I think it means something (laughs) completely different. But I know what you're talking about. But I'm also giving credit not only for um, very good singing, but some songwriting here that is a little rare on a Prince ballad, especially in the future from here, like uh-huh. taking responsibility or at least saying, I don't understand. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. This is a little unique in that regard because um, it's normally the ballad blame game with, with Prince in later years. Okay. I agree. But he also kind of blames her. Okay. <laughs> I guess I was a fool to try and tie you down and make you play by the rules. So it's not really about like accepting responsibility. It's like, well, I guess I was stupid for actually expecting you to (laughs) follow the unwritten societal rules, which which say I can play around, but you cannot. Right. (laughs) That's right. Yes. What an ass am I (laughs) to think that you would just do as you're told, like every woman should. I think at four minutes and 42 seconds to the very end, Morris's singing is on full display. And it reminds me a little, even though I think it's much better than some of Sonny T's singing on Exodus. Sure. Uh, the falsetto singing. I'd forgotten. A, that track two is a ballad. And B, that, um, I mean, if you listen to the later albums, especially like Pandemonium, you don't think at the end, oh, Morris sang that great. Uh-huh. You think, oh, it was like a fun party album. Right. You know, that was full of, you know, silliness and maybe a little predatory. Right. Right. I will say at least this isn't predatory. And he still is saying, I'm still in love with you. So right, right. small amount of credit for okay. I'm, I'm, a little bit of humanity from Morris and Prince. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I did enjoy the kind of twangy guitars mm-hmm. under those vocals yeah. right there at the end. And then it kind of fades, but still somehow feels like a natural end. It does. Yep. Yeah. I'm all good with it, really. I was. um, I don't typically sit through this entire album from start to finish, especially the ballads. Right. I definitely had a more appreciation for this one with headphones in and really paying attention. Sure. Credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. I'm still in love with you, girl. (laughs) 
Speaking of girls. Yeah. Song three. (laughs) After high school. Yeah. Hi, H-I school. Yeah. I think that was done to be cute, not that they don't know how to spell high school, but it does come off as... You, I mean, if you didn't learn how to spell high school while you're in high school, it's probably written on the building that you walked into uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. Um, maybe you missed a few things. <laughs> I I wondered if it was a play on words somehow. So high school, H-I-G-H or H-I. And I, it was four minutes and 20 seconds long. About 420. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> is this a play on something? So I went and looked that up a little bit. It doesn't seem to be because the term 420, while it was coined in the early 70s, mm-hmm. didn't become popular and in culture until about 1990. Yeah. And it was a Grateful Dead thing yeah. that made it become popular. So it was really, it wouldn't have been... A thing more than likely. So, yeah, um, but it fits in with the lore uh-huh. of, you know, right. What is it? Code 420 or? Uh, yes, 420 is, yeah. it was the time that yeah, people like, would meet after school and smoke and look for free weed. Yeah. It was the B side mm-hmm. to get it up. Yep. Spelled H I G H. Oh, they spelled it differently? Uh-huh. Oh, boy, there's nothing more Prince than that. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything that would make people think that Prince had involvement with this, that would be it. <laughs> For it to be spelled two different ways and two different places. It was written by Des Dickerson. Right. He did release his own version of the song on a very limited CD release called A Retrospective 1982 to 1987. Wow, never in heard that. 19, in 2005 is okay. when he released it. And just 250 copies were wow. sold, made and sold. All of them were numbered. All of them were signed. All of them included a letter of authenticity. So it is very exclusive, very rare. Interesting. Yeah. Man's got to make his money. That's right. I don't deny a man that. Yeah, so Des wrote it uncredited, Uh um, but it was all produced and performed by Prince and Morris. Yes. Yet again. Uh Uh-huh. Yet again. Man, these grown-ass adults obsessed with high school. I just was like, so let's get this clear. Prince and Morris sang about high school for like a decade or more. Mm -hmm. That just shows like what a big, I mean, yeah, it was a big part of their lives where they met. You know, that's uh-huh. what like all the people they trust and they hang out with were, were there together. But it was a theme that they hung on to tightly. Yes. Um, and I don't know yeah. if it was just seen as this is your target market. Maybe. Partly. Or if it was just, you know, something that loomed very large in their experience or yeah. they're coming at a lot of these themes and ideas from this tumultuous time that's full of... A lot of strong feelings. Yep. Growth Mm -hmm. and mistakes and regrets. Yeah. This one certainly is a bit funkabilly. Uh Like we were calling a lot of Dirty Mind era songs, 1939 to 1999. I think we had the funkabilly sound. That is correct. Of a little, like it almost verged on country to a degree. but like fast. Yeah. 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 Just kind of twangy guitars and fast pace kind of 
I mean, it's even sounds a little bit like jack you off mm-hmm. at yes. the speed of it all and the, right. and the drum sound from it all. Yeah. Man, it's hilarious that he thinks when he graduates from high school, then he won't have to live by anybody else's rules. I know. I like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good luck. I don't know. 48 years and um, still bound by rules uh-huh. over here. I don't know how it went for Morris. The chorus is very catchy. Mm-hmm. If you're a high school student, relatable, because it is the first time that many people have choices about what they're going to do with their life. Yeah, or the first time you really start thinking about your future. It's not all planned out for you. Right. You know through 12th grade probably where you're going to be. Right. Yeah, until you're... 17, 18 years old. That's right. This is what you're going to be doing. Yeah. So after high school, you have some options. That's right. Oh, here we go. Let's, Christy's ready to count them off. Let's hear it. That's right. You can drive trucks. Uh huh. Join a band. Sure. I would do both. I was like, put your hands together. Be a <laughs> band and a, and a truck driver. That's and right. Drive your truck to the band practice. There you go. Okay. You can go to college. Mm-hmm. As some parents were encouraging this person to do. Yeah. My parents telling me I got to go to college. I won't get Oh, and by the way, the military wants you to know that you are both, uh, you have options with them and responsibilities to them. That's right. Yeah. If you don't register, you're going to go to jail. (laughs) Going to go to jail. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those are, if you ask me. I don't know that drive a truck would be up there, but if, you know, uh, join a band. Yeah, sure. You could probably Sounds join fun. a band when you're in high school. You don't have to wait till you're yeah. over. You could even be in band without the definite article. Or you can go to college and join a band. You sure could. You can do both of those things, too. Yeah. A lot of people do that. That's right. Two minutes, there's a funkabilly breakdown. Yes. Since guitars, drums... Oh, Retro yeah. scratch sound effects. Yep. Very fun. And I think you can hear Prince uh, leading the vocal chants, Hey, you, with the female chants of high school at about 2 minutes and 26 seconds in what I would call the outro. Closes the song out with. <laughs> this reminds me of when Prince kind of drove by him in Purple Rain and stole Apollonia. He called him a long-haired expletive uh-huh. punk. That's kind of what Morris does here. I'm talking to you, you stupid slob. <laughs> yeah, get a job, you punk. <laughs> yeah, because uh, adults are mean and uncreative. Yes. Yeah. Stupid slob. Punk. Hey you! I'm talking to you, you stupid slob. 
I mean, this is not a deep song, but it is fun. It's fun. I mean, I don't think that it's meant to be chariots of fire or anything. So <laughs> we'll take it uh, at surface level, which is where it was written, where it was performed, and where it remains. <laughs> then we have the second single released sometime in late summer. Cool. Co-written by Des Dickerson. I didn't realize that Des co-wrote this. Yeah. Did not know that. Okay. The various girlfriends on this track is the lovely Lisa Coleman. Yeah, and Sue Ann Carwell oh, okay. also. But also. yes, Lisa okay. makes an appearance here. This is one of those songs that I think I've read that like Prince gave some of his best music, his best songs away. Mm-hmm. At least, like I'm not saying this is like grammy award-winning songwriting but for being a party song and a personality song Mm -hmm. and kind of linking it to songs he would write later like cream sure it's right up there yeah and it's like quintessential morris day personality right and very aspirational too because neither of them had multiple penthouses no in manhattan or malibu or san francisco or anywhere yeah and how about the forward thinking when Morris says, I bought an 87 Cadillac Seville. This huh? was recorded in 1981. Very forward thinking. Yeah. Yeah. There was an updated version of this called Cool 1990 that was in an early version of the Graffiti Bridge script. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it okay. seems it was removed. It's unknown if it was ever recorded. Hmm. And it was covered by Snoop Dogg in 2008. Oh, really? It is delightful. I wear the finest color money can buy. It keeps me smelling like a rose. If you're wondering how I do it. Now, now that is on my to listen to list. Uh-huh. 2008, that was, what, 12, 14 years ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this sounds more like the time as most people think about it, I think mm-hmm. than anything yet. This is sure. like really starting to sound like Purple yeah. Rain era, the time, yes. or what time is it, the time. Yep. This it has is, more of a live feel to it. Right. And more of a band feel to it right. than just two guys in a home studio. Right. You might think that it's a female that spells out cool, especially at the letter C, because it is so high and so falsetto. But Mm -hmm. I think when you get the O-O-L, what's that spell? Uh It's clearly Prince spelling it out. For sure. I love some of the lines that just live on from the song, Um, especially... 206, heaven knows that I'm the one. Heaven knows that I'm the one. That's great. Six words that like says even the Lord above knows. <laughs> uh-huh. He did a good job when That's he put right. me here. That's right. I just love how he he brags about all his stuff and then he's not giving up his secrets. How does he do it? He's cool. You wonder how just one simple rule. I'm just cool. That's right. If coolness will eventually get you money. Yep. You can't teach things. it and you can't learn it. That's right. Another school mention, something he didn't learn in school. I'm just cool. And it's all because of something that I didn't learn in 
but I mean, there's, it's got the same sound as Get It Up. It just is like less synth heavy. Okay. And more about attitude. Of course, it's more about attitude. That's what this is, you know, all about. That, uh, you know, he was just Lady Gaga born this way. Mm-hmm. That's right. We do get a signature phrase. What time is it? Mm-hmm. What time is it? Oh. We do. I think throughout this song, I had never, again, like, tried to break apart the musical pieces or tracks in my head. But whatever... I believe it's Prince is playing. That's this clinky percussion thing. Almost okay. sounds like he's hitting glass bottles. Okay. Something like that. You can hear it really well at three minutes and 11 seconds through the next five seconds or so. There's just so much fun percussion. Listen, it seems very live, not programmed mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. That is, it's cool. Uh-huh. It fits in. It is. And it's you would think that something like that would get annoying throughout the length of a song like this, but and it's there almost through the whole thing. But it's just he didn't learn that in school. No. Yeah. Very fun. I thought it was interesting that he used the term nymphomaniac. Talking about how yeah. He makes love to whomever he wakes up next to, yeah. which is a little like fun and borderline homoerotic because like right. whomever whomever's here because yeah. he's a nymphomaniac. But a nymphomaniac is usually refers to a woman okay. because it comes from the Greek nymph, which means uh, a young woman or bride. Did not know that. Yeah. So that's why okay. you normally hear... A nymphomaniac is referred to as a woman. Okay. Because that's where the origins of the word come from. So I thought it was an interesting, also gender bending sort of yeah. subversive in this interesting way because Morris is so hyper masculine as a persona. But he has very, his mannerisms right. are uh, very homosexual at times, That's right? That's super fair. Yes, he's very into his appearance and his looks. And, and even just being, when he talks like this, yes. it's it pushes that a little bit. You right. know, kind of like redefines what's attractive to an This is only meant for women. Right. But it also... Yeah, it has a has little a bit of that cultural mm-hmm. flavor Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just look at the cover of the next album if you want to understand fully what I'm talking about. Sure. <laughs> I think you get a defining Morris moment right after that at three minutes and 49 seconds. When I look into the mirror, it just tells me something I already know. I'm so cool. When I look into the mirror, it just tells me something I already know. I'm so cool. And that's the... That's what made the time the time, right? Uh-huh. If you're like, what one act kind of, yeah, you know, what shtick yeah. is what this band is all about, is besides being like a fun listen, Morris looking at himself in the mirror. In a mirror. Yep. Yeah. And it's very like Fonzarelli. <laughs> He's got a comb and he doesn't need to touch anything. Just put it down and I'm uh-huh. cool. Let's go. But, he did, but he's self conscious enough to check, even though he's self confident enough. To already know. Hmm. Or he's he's so obsessed with himself 
It's not that he's checking. It's that he's confirming and appreciating what he already knows that he's could be pretty could be. It's trying to help Morris eliminate his own confusion. Oh, sure. <laughs> we get another. What time is it? And mm-hmm. this time we get an answer. I know. I'd never noticed but that me before. Either. I'm like four. I've heard it, you know, I hear him say that, and I never, never really went in my head, never snapped to, he was saying, four o'clock. I thought that it was just like a, uh, or, huh, or, you know, this ad lib aside thing, but it's four, and he, uh-huh. that's not a. the only PM. time he says it. I, I don't know. Either one is cool. Uh, yeah, that's right, because if it's 4 p.m., Mm-hmm. That probably means you're just getting your day started because you were That's right. up until 4 a.m. Yep, exactly. Doing you, s- you slept from 6 to 3. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to point out at 6 minutes and 56 seconds, I'm cooler than Santa Claus, baby. <laughs> Actually, one of our children heard this line this morning and said, Santa Claus? And my immediate reaction was, yeah, we're playing Christmas music now. It's October. <laughs> 2022. Oh, man. Uh, Unfortunately, Morris would release his first Christmas song by the same name, Cooler Than Santa Claus, Baby. Actually, just Cooler Than Santa Claus in November 2020. It is one of the most embarrassing, poorly done, sad you are past your prime videos I've ever seen in my Aww. life. Oh, well, that makes me sad for him. Yeah. Ain't nobody bad like me. Follows that up. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody bad like me. Then we get something that's so indicative of the time. Okay. A call and response. Yes. Repeated More, ten yeah. times. Oh, band. Ten. Yes. Anybody hot? No, you know why? Why? Because we're cool. Cool. Man, anybody hot? No. You know why? Because we're cool. I think you could have been on this album. Oh, thank you very much. Well, yeah. So it's Morris with the questions, and it's Prince with with the answers uh-huh. yeah. throughout the end of this. And that's when it, you know, it does go. Ten times, but it is so fun. It is so fun. You don't care that it's ten you times. You don't care at all. and does not get old. And then the breakdown at the end where Morris's questions are gone and you just get Prince's answers. I love that Yes, so no, why, cool. Much. Yeah. I love it so much. There is something about, and Prince is like, is screaming. Like, yes. you know, multiple recordings of him answering like he was in the crowd. It is not singing. <laughs> But it's like it's funny, it's cool, it is, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's just a huge Prince presence on this song. Um, we covered back in July of 2021, "Welcome to America" and right. the live show at the Forum when Prince plays the song too. He did kind of reclaim it mm-hmm. in later years. Um, yeah, this is. I guess that's why I keep going back to like of all the songs he gave away, he could have done this. Sure. himself. I don't know where it would fit on albums at this time because he wasn't 
cool in this kind of way, like right. on the cover of Dirty Mind. Right. And 1999 went other direction. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like that we also get a proper end and Morris declares mm-hmm. himself cool. Oh, I'm so cool. Yes, as if you didn't get it. Um, That's oh, right. I'm so cool. <laughs> if the last 10 minutes haven't taught you anything. <laughs> or the last 10 calls and responses <laughs> <laughs> haven't drilled this into your... This is like advertising. This is the time advertising themselves, you know? Say it enough and people will believe it. Uh, yeah. Including okay. yourself. There, there you go. Fake it till you make it. Yep. Yeah. Another we, ballad. Another ballad. Oh, baby. Oh, comma. Baby. I know how you feel about men referring to their girlfriends, significant others as baby. Yeah, I don't love it. Yeah, so I worried about you listening to this, but it is one of the shortest songs on the album, so. Four minutes and 57 seconds. Yep. Shorter only is after high school. Yeah. Does not surprise me to read on Prince Vault that um, this was an original recording during the Prince album sessions, his second album yes. in 1979, because it really has that sound to it, to mm-hmm. me. An older kind of Prince ballad. Yeah, very feel. late 70s feel to yeah. it. Yeah. It ended up as the B-side to Jungle Love. No. Which I thought uh-huh. was interesting in 1984. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. They're kind of a juxtaposition. They are. Party song and... Mm-hmm this longing song and they're two albums apart also that was kind of the other thing i kept thinking of is you know to get a b-side to a song like jungle love which was a fun Uh song big hit kind of is what this the general public would probably know or at least people in their 40s 50s would remember about the time as maybe they could identify jungle love Uh uh-huh to go back two albums and put a ballad on the b-side is kind of strange Mm mm-hmm I did think that this whole track from start to finish sounds a whole like the unreleased rehearsal of International Lover that we got to hear on 1999 Super Deluxe Edition, which uh, featured Morris on drums and Prince singing, playing some instruments, that type of thing. Really has a very similar kind of sound. I said early on, I think that this was kind of a no-frills production almost like a lo-fi funk album, kind of like in the style of Dirty Mind as a lo-fi album, not highly produced, not highly polished. But on this song, we get an echo on Morris's voice for the first time Mm -hmm. on the entire album, which kind of stuck out to me a lot as I listened to this intensely with headphones, pen and paper. Yes. Well, you didn't. I don't (laughs) use pen and paper. (laughs) I do. You don't. Yeah. I thought this was maybe uh, a little uh, peek behind the curtain of what a night with Morris might be like. Mm. No, nowhere to go, no telephone, just you and me in this big old bed. Nowhere to go, no telephone, just you and me. Morris is giving you all of his attention. Yeah. You know, there's no distractions, whereas Morris seems often easily distractible. That's true. You get Mm -hmm. his attention, but he also makes sure that you're not leaving. So I think that it's a little peek into the 
you know, I've got you into my brass uh-huh. waterbed. Yep. And you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I kind of hope that this is the softer side to the lovable scamp. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that he's... Nicely said. He t- tells a girl, uh, she might as well stop being so cool. That's right. Be yourself, yeah, honey. Because it's an act. And I think this is him telling on himself. You ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah, that's right. We're going to just be alone. But he Mm -hmm. doesn't want her to take off her clothes near him. He wants her to do it over by the window. Uh Uh-huh. That's the atmosphere. Yeah, and that's clearly Prince. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Take off your clothes. Yeah, it's like does it does he have somebody standing out on the street and no, he wants to show her off, no, or does he just want her in the moonlight by the silhouette of oh, okay. her body? Okay, I think there's a nice harmony on the O's at minute and thirty four seconds, just before verse three. does want her to have her turn first. I mean... In his defense. It's romantic and dirty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because when you come, you come and come. That's when I get mine. That's, that's right. like, that's unexpectedly giving from the scamp. <laughs> that's right. When you come, you come and come. That's when I get mine. Well, we know that he's very protective of his money, so maybe he can just, you know, he can spare some time and attention. There you go. I thought I had not heard this part of the song before. True Confessions with Josh Norman. (laughs) Two minutes and 48 seconds, the Don't Make Me Wait sung Uh in Prince's falsetto in the background. Throughout the end of this song, from about two minutes and 48 seconds forward, is like classic Prince ballad falsetto. And mm-hmm. I think it's very endearing. It's a little doomy baby-ish yeah. kind of thing. There is a little bit of pressure that he's putting on his partner, but it feels very 80s okay. and therefore a little less predatory where he says, you know, I can't wait. And we've come this far. We've come this far. Come on. Oh, baby. Like, don't be a tease, which, you know, <laughs> was a big thing way. in the 80s. Don't be a tease. Yeah, as an excuse to uh-huh, uh-huh. N- not say no. Yeah. I think that don't be a tease led up to no means no. Right. That yes. was the linear, you know, uh-huh. timeline of abuse. Yes. The whole breakdown part we do is pretty fun, like Morris singing, breakdown, breakdown, baby, you're going to break it all down. The way he says it, breakdown, uh-huh. like I get that it's a musical thing, but it's also 
kind of part of that pressuring. Like, That's right. break down and do That's what right. I want. Give in. Yeah. Yeah. He does mention her mind, though, too. Mm-hmm. So he wants that. Uh, there's some fancy piano scales going on at the end of the song, like around four minutes and 12 seconds, too. Just some nice instrumentation that do have a very, uh, it does have kind of a very 1979 Prince vibe to it. Sure. Then we have the final song. I mean, we started off with a little not so subtle innuendo. We might as well uh-huh. end with the same thing. We'll just book in this uh-huh. with some penis references. That's right. The stick. The stick. B-side to girl. The Library of Congress has this song listed as written by Prince. But Prince Fault says that Lisa Coleman is the actual author, though I don't know where their source is. But if you read it from a woman's perspective, Uh it makes a lot more sense. Sure. Yeah, I think that's what's fun about it. You said like the sort of gender bending. Yes. It doesn't start here because Prince was doing that from the get go. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's kind of his playground. Right. Right. This is sort of the most... One of the more band-centric tracks, too, with... Again, it sounds more like the time. Yeah. Well, Terry Lewis makes an appearance on background vocals, which I did not know. Dr. Fink and Lisa Coleman are on this. Dr. Fink synth solos and Lisa with the background mm-hmm. vocals. We do get the synthy drum intro, not really all that unlike Get It Up. Right. But with a fun rhythm guitar that's sort of like a controversy-type sound for Prince. So yes, you could say my stick, meaning from a woman's perspective. Uh-huh. Her toy. That's right. Uh-huh. Her her belonging. Uh-huh. Yes. Now, it's a phallic reference either way, whether it's a dude talking about his own manhood or a woman talking about a uh, accessory yeah, um, and also with it being like a stick shift. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's... Yes, there's... a car engine sort of... Right. It does sound a little bit like it's a duet between Lisa and Morris to uh-huh. me. Lisa had this way of, you know, even on like head, she had a very seductive, dirty sounding delivery. Right. That we get here. There's a minor chord played at like a minute and 14 seconds. Uh, the way much, much too quick uh-huh. is much, delivered much here. It yeah. reminds me a little of Maserati's 100 Miles an oh, Hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I can see that. Like it's just... I think that's the one that I came closest to that it sounded like. It sounds like something else, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but that's the closest that I could kind of come up with. That's a good comparison. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of the chorus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Much, much too quick. Mm -hmm. Misspelled on almost every lyric site also without the extra O in too quick. Oh. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Prince gets... Uh, very clear in the background on the second verse when uh, they sing, Girl, my car's so bad it runs on H2O and Prince uh-uh. kind of ad-libs behind it. Yes. Man, that's a great part of this song. Girl, 
Yes, and I'm like, can we get the plans for that car? Because I think we should probably have some alternative fuel sources. Nice. And that would have been nice. You know, H2O would be a great yeah. thing. I mean, they had Prince thought of this in 1981, and then uh, Doc from Back to the Future came back from the future, and their the cars are driving on garbage. Uh huh. Yeah. Which I guess might be better than H2O, but yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Or maybe even if it could just have h2o as the byproduct of running i don't know it's a cadillac prince sang a lot about cars before little red corvette was even a thing Uh that was another note i made in here there are lots of maserati cadillac references Mm -hmm. uh yeah cars cool yeah at a minute and 51 seconds prince does this no woe behind uh now you can't compete it's got the cruise control on the car that runs on H two O O O. Yeah. Yeah. My much much too quick memory, or what I was snapping to when I heard it was, it reminded me a little bit of Automatic. Oh and yes. And Lisa singing in the background of Automatic too. It's found sound very automated, very like computer uh, like stripped of personality robotic yes but attractive at the same time yes man he's been driving since he was 13 I've been driving baby since the age of 13 I think so we know young. what that means that's right at I some mean, point we'll get to a song called Schoolyard where he kind of wrote and sang about this yeah so young, so young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're not talking about driving a car. We're talking mm-hmm. about being sexually active. Right. There's innuendo galore on verse three. For sure. So he's been going since he was at the age of 13, and now he's experienced, and he's the baddest driver you've ever seen. No. And by bad, yeah, it he means, means good. good. That's yeah. right. This was 1981. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very fun ad lib by Prince at three minutes and 14 seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody sing my song now. Yes. It's yes. got this live, like, again, he was already thinking of how it would be performed in a live setting and mm-hmm. getting people to sing along to the chorus. Everybody sing this song now. Yep. And we get a what time is it admits the breakdown. That's right. A couple of times. Yeah. I said what time is it? Uh, the piano playing is super cool at about four minutes. Also, after mm-hmm. the questions about what time it is, somebody buy Morris a watch. <laughs> Don't bring him a mirror. That would disrupt the line of his outfit. No, okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Maybe a pocket watch, but, you know, that would mean he would have to take it out. He has one on the back of this album, doesn't he? He's like swinging one or something? No? Okay. Not on this one. Okay. I'm thinking of some other picture of Morris Day in the time where Morris has a pocket watch, swinging it on a chain. In the meantime, four minutes and 46 seconds through five minutes and 12 seconds, there's some hard rock guitar work that sounds a lot of what, like what we heard from some of the controversy live shows uh-huh. and some really great OOO vocalizations uh-huh. yep. that complement it so well yeah it's really nicely put together 
Um, and right after that, five minutes and 13 seconds, it's not the stick, it's the Morris shtick. Uh-huh. Somebody bring me a mirror so I can... What song are we on? You know, like uh-huh. where he's not even paying us. So cool. Uh-huh. He doesn't even know where they are in their set. Right. Wait, what song are we singing again? Yeah. I've been distracted by my own lovely countenance. Yeah. You know, it had kind of been chanted up to this point, the get a little satisfaction, work the stick in my ride. And at six minutes and 50 seconds, it starts to be sung. Mm-hmm. Get a little satisfaction. And it just is like, it turns super cool. I have a new appreciation for the stick. Mm-hmm. Draw your own conclusions. He says, I don't need you, girl, because he can just look at his own stick in the mirror. That's right. He said, I don't need you, girl. Another, again, very, like, homoerotic in Uh a way that you don't really think of the time. Very much so. It's like Morris Day was the original Mm -hmm. (laughs) He-Man. And then it goes even a little further with, you want to see it? Should I take it out? Take it out, man. He's telling somebody else to take it out. Uh-huh. I'm like, that is a lot to be asking of your valet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it sort of loses the innuendo and the connection to because you don't remove the stick shift from your car. No. So the take it out is, can, it only means one thing <laughs> that's, at that point. That's Especially right. Especially if you think of Elaine from Seinfeld. He took uh, it, it out <laughs> while she's cleaning her glasses. <laughs> <laughs> this is... A very stripped down, what I still call a pretty lo-fi Prince funk album. Yeah. Um, I'd say in contrast to the more demo feel to Dirty Mind, this is just almost like lo-fi funk. Yeah. Has a little bit of Parliament Funkadelic feel to some of it, even though the lyrics don't really fall in line with that. But musically, to me, it sounds a little inspired by uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Super fair. Yeah. And then we have one video... From this group of songs right. that had many singles, um, it was a promotional video for Cool. Yeah. So it didn't have a wide release, but okay. they did make one. All right. Well, I can guarantee you, it's better than Cooler than Santa Claus. <laughs> it's it's entertaining. Okay. I mean, three minutes and ten seconds, so yeah. it's a good length. Yeah. You know, for a video or a song edit of okay. a song that was 10 minutes long. Yeah. I thought maybe they confused cool and after high school a little bit because oh. what are they doing? But they're bum rushing a classroom um, for a teacher who was clearly not expecting career day to descend <laughs> upon her students. Um, and then she gets kicked out of the room. Okay. Uh, the kids are into it. There's a 
high school student in the first row who's obviously very interested in Morris Day. Of course she is. Of course she is. The 80s were a different time. Mm-hmm. Morris is so cool, he makes the class disappear at times. Oh, really? There's the, the students who are the audience disappear. Yeah. There's the silly, cool hand gestures. For C-O-O-L. C-O-O-L. They're yeah. a little silly. Yep. Um, but it's fun. They have the mirror shtick. Mm-hmm. Is Jerome in this? Does Jerome bring the, yeah, the mirror too? I believe so, yes. Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, and then it takes all the way to the end of the video for the kids to get up out of their chairs to dance. Okay. But they do get up out of their chairs to they, dance. They fall under Morris's spell. That's right. They're, they put their books down. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they're they're ready to hear more about this career that is a band. That's right. I mean, you could also drive a truck. But... <laughs> Um, I had also forgotten that Cool was released as a part one and part two thing, which was essentially uh-huh. just like the song faded out in the middle and then faded back up right. into part two to kind of make the single version. But it was, you know, a long song. Right. Sort of like the new power generation treatment in sure. Graffiti Bridge. All right. And that's it. That's it. I mean, that's it. No, over an hour of. Somebody bring me a mirror. <laughs> talking about six songs. Actually, don't bring me a mirror. I don't even want to see it. <laughs> so that means it's time for us to make some selections. All we right. choose three things. A time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was courted or when it was released. All pretty close in this case. Yeah. The C, the low point for us. Right. And the mountain, the thing that we like the most. We each make selections. And since these are my rules, I go first. For me, the time capsule was cool as it really is the beginning of what I expect the time to sound like. It was more like how the second two time albums sounded. Yeah. It had, they, they were more developed in that persona by then. Sure. And I felt like cool was really kind of the nexus of it. Yep. This was an exercise in character building for sure. Mine is similar. My time capsule um, is simply the first appearance of the phrases, what time is it? And ain't nobody bad like me. And somebody bring me a mirror. The three things that, I mean, I hope he lives much, much longer and has a great retirement, but on Morris's tombstone someday, those uh-huh. things better be on there, <laughs> right? That's right. They better be. I mean, That's right. I hope good father, good friend, all those things. But yeah, what time is it? Ain't nobody bad like me. And somebody bring me a mirror. Yeah. He'll go down in infamy. That's right. For those phrases. And he should be happy about it. Yes. It's not easy to be known by one phrase, let alone three. Right. I can't think of three things that I've said, even on this podcast. <laughs> the see the low point. Just miss me with the whiny mess that is girl. Oh, okay. Is, I mean. (laughs) Okay. It was, I mean, give me Oh Baby over girl because, oh, at least Oh Baby is a loving, romantic sort of ballad. Okay. Instead of, let let me call you up and tell you how sad I am that you want some space. (laughs) You just don't want to be bothered. (laughs) I think it's uh, indicative of 
problems in the relationship that he can't understand that he shouldn't bother her in the that's middle of the true. night. Yeah, he is the problem. There's yeah. no doubt there. Yeah. Okay, that surprises me. Um, okay. I still say, I'm not still saying because I haven't said it yet. I will say, <laughs> I'll start saying now <laughs> that, you know, finding a high point and a low point of an entire song when there are only six is tough. Right. I narrowed it down to the two ballads because that's not what I come to this album for, but I appreciate the singing okay. on Girl, and I'm sure that I let some of the uh, meaning of the words and, sure. you know, the being bothered. He's not going to call me at two in the morning, <laughs> so I'm not real worried about that. So I put it on Oh Baby as okay. being the song, not for any real particular reason. It is fine. Okay, another ballad, fine. But if you ask me, you got to always skip one song on this album when you listen to it. I would pick one of the ballads. And sorry, oh baby, you're out. Okay, that's I think, fair. Although I think you're fine. Yeah. Um, and the mountain. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that I chose it as my time capsule, I'm still going with cool. All right. Because it is cool. Just the chant at the end alone, right? I mean, if it was just if that could have been the single, there's 30 seconds of Prince. Calling out answers to questions you haven't even heard. Right. I would I would say yes. Okay. No offense to Morris, because no. he's key to this whole thing. But it's just fun to uncover, you know, the, the mystery that was Prince on this album. Right. For me, as much as I love... I started to love the stick a whole lot more the more I listened to it on this round than I ever had before. And I, and I like Get It Up a lot. I think the synthesizers kind of hit you on the, in the head right off the bat. Right. But they're classic songs, but they can't compete with cool. Mm-hmm. That's why Prince kind of took it back um, and performed it plenty. Yep. And um, it's just a cool collaboration between Prince and Morris Day. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was a tough decision between cool and get it up and the stick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those are the three, you know, if you ask me, if I was make an EP of this or yeah. pick the best I'm going to make an Time. EP of what is basically an LP. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it already is an, an EP. EP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those would be the, you know, if you told me you got to pick three songs from this for the Times Greatest Hits album, those would be it. Yes. That's great. Ugh. All right. Next time. Next time. I think that, um, you know, we've covered controversy. We've covered the time. We've covered a controversy tour stop. We did not get to hear the time perform live which we could do and hear their opening act but i think it would be a much better use of our time to hear prince and the time make a surprise appearance together at first avenue on march 8th 1982 and perform what prince declared was a dance party not a concert oh fun and this will be our last controversy focused episode uh because this performance in 1982 kind of bridging uh, the gap between controversy and 1999, and you might even hear a little bit of 1999 Ooh, very at fun. this March 8th, 1982 show. Excellent. I look forward to it. I haven't heard this one yet, so I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We love making this show for you. Do tell a friend if you haven't yet told someone who's into Prince and or Prince-related artists. Do give us a share. So that's how we grow. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Ain't nobody bad like us. Thanks for listening. There's your mouse.
<laughs> Come here, little mouse. When you wiggle it, it gets bigger. <laughs> Jackie and I have had a good laugh about that. <laughs> That's not funny. That's how we were made. <laughs> For it's sure. only a lie if it's uh, being, I don't know what I was going to say there. I think you should cut that out completely. <laughs> I will. Did she all drain into the microphone? At least I had the courtesy to turn away. <laughs> I did not, because you're yawning, and it made me yawn, and I thought it would be funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>